On this episode of Industry Relations, Rob and I become amateur economists. Let's go. This is Industry Relations, a podcast that's at the intersection of real estate and technology from an insider's perspective with Rob Hahn and Greg Robertson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Industry Relations with Rob and Greg. This is the first one of 2023. And of course, this is your co-host, the notorious Rob Hahn. And with me, as always, the fabulous Greg Robertson. Woo! <laughs> Hola, Rob. How's it going? Hola. Good to see you. Happy New Year, man. Happy, Happy 2023. Year. Here we, we are at last. Oh we made God. it. We made it. We made it. Yes. We made yes. it. <laughs> now, it's it's one of those like we made it and did we just come out of the fire, yeah. the frying pan into the fire? I, I'm not sure because 2022 sucked, right? And it was not a great time, but uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of fear and trepidation. Uh, and here we are, day six as we're recording this. And the news, like, I, I don't know. I think the, the news is all kind of, uh, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. I mean, you know, let's just, you could talk about, just what's going on in the you know the country non real estate really I guess it all affects it everything but um sure you know uh, we don't have a speaker of the house no <laughs> <laughs> that hasn't happened since old timey times like you know when people were like wearing wigs and shit and then uh, uh, it's two years before the civil war is actually yeah, last exactly time. right yeah. <laughs> and you know you get these like you know crazy factions that are like you know going to be pulling some strings um, I did see a tweet out there where I thought it was a great idea let's make Dolly Parton. You know the uh, the speaker of the house and like like somebody to kind of bring us all together. So yeah. Um, and then the other thing is just you know, um, Amazon uh, did you know a huge round about sixteen thousand right. Salesforce was it sixteen thousand? I thought it was eighteen thousand. It might be eighteen thousand. Okay. Yeah. 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 And then many uh, thousands. Sales, yeah. yeah. Salesforce did like a ten percent um, cut. Um, yeah. And that to me is crazy because, you know. Being at this company and others, I'm like, who cancels Salesforce? <laughs> it's just like once you build into it, it's so sticky. Mm-hmm. Um, it had to have been just a move to kind of get their EBITDA up or some shit, right? I mean, I, I don't know. Or, uh, or they're or, expecting bankruptcies. Well, yeah, I mean, there's right, there's there's stuff there, um, and then you know that that then kind of flows into some of our um, real estate stuff with uh, yeah, Compass. I mean, Compass, I mean, a third round. I mean, I, just when you think that they were yeah. cutting to the bone, um, they're, I think, you know, in the bone at this point, right? So, yeah, um, that's that's kind of unfortunate. Um, yeah, and I've heard and, some rumors, like through friends, that uh, this round of layoffs of Compass are agent facing. No, the previous rounds were sort of like you know, oh, back, back office technology, you know. Whereas this round are like Asian facing. These are these are like the heart and soul the of you know the company's Asian value support. proposition. Yeah. yeah. If that's yeah, true, that's man, I, I feel bad for those folks and pull it for compass, some, you know? Some changes in leadership too. Like I think um uh it yeah. was Glenn Stanford is stepping back in the role of CEO. Um, that's right. And then Jace, Jason is is kind of becoming more of an industry relations person. That's, that's very right. different than I would say like a Keller Williams where I mean you know, Gary just like <laughs> those guys are <laughs> flogged and quartered and sent out, right? Where uh, Jason's a good guy. I've, I've yeah. you know, been on a couple panels with him, and uh, he's just a, a decent fellow. And uh, and I think it's just a, a little bit of shift there. And then uh, yeah. one of our friends, Sharon Shavista, that's right. uh, uh Sravatsa, Sravatsa, that's right. Um, Sharon, she's taken 
president of Real. Um, That's right. I saw. I think I saw one of the founders of Real speak at the uh, T three uh, thing. It's they probably Tamir Beach. Yeah, yeah Tamir uh, Polet. Really smart. Yeah. Really smart. Guys. Very smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, they are lucky to get something like Sharon. I mean, um, that guy is just so solid. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, hey man, I, I wrote him up as uh, one of my seven yeah. most interesting people in twenty two right. because. But here's the thing that's what like make me think is it's not obviously Sharon's amazing, right? But I gotta give props and kudos to Tamir for convincing Sharon to come oh, out of yeah. what was totally. essentially a semi retirement, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. like he didn't need the hassle and the aggravation of like trying to run a brokerage. And I I know I happen to know for a fact that he's been offered many, many jobs, right? Yeah. For Tamir to convince him is like good job. Like that's a that's yeah. a get. That's, and coming to this environment yeah. too, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, that's and, landing know, Tom Brady. Big, you know, that's, yeah. 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 I mean, Sharon was always a, a good mentor to uh, to myself. You know, um, yep. you, I think, you know, you introduced us at first and then I got to know him also. And he uh, he came out to a couple of the WNR events and spoke and uh, did a couple webinars with him, which were like, he broke our, you know, our goddamn webinar platform because the number of people getting on it. So. Sure. Uh, sure. But, you know, shout out to Sharon. Just uh, he's a good follow on Instagram, too. Absolutely. Put that in the show notes. Um, but um, solid, solid thing. But yeah. I mean, so overall, though, um, kind of a creepy beginning <laughs> to um, yeah. 2023. Just I mean, this yeah. is first week and all this things drops. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens here. Right. And what's weird is like the only sort of semi good news we got was uh, the employment numbers. Yeah, which came in way stronger than people expected, and that's. And and the, but the unfortunate part about that is that that's the Fed looks at that and says, okay, we're, you know, people aren't losing right. their jobs, so we're going to keep the freaking pedal right. to the metal on this stuff, right? That's which right. Is just crazy. So right, so it's like employment numbers come out, they're good, and then the market tanks. <laughs> it's like okay, yeah. <laughs> it's like oh my lord. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't know, man. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I, I think in a couple of weeks, we're going to start talking about like the first big industry gathering of the year, which is Inman, you know? Right. So, you know, we'll think about what's what's in place by then. But, you know, here we are early on, first week in January. And I know we kind of did the predictions for 23, you know, with uh, guests and such. Like what? But here we are after New Year's. Okay. The fireworks, you know, all that's done. Like what's your gut? Like how are you feeling about 23? Yeah, I think it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be right. tough for everybody. And and here's, there's a couple things is that um, I I, I saw a tweet from you know Len uh, Kiefer I think or his name is and he does some stats for real estate. And remember the 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 uh, the stat we heard I think it was from Open Door at first that 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 the the rate increases of mortgage inc- mortgage rates yeah. was the biggest in forty years. Turns out it yeah. was the biggest in. 50 years, right? It yeah. was a and fastest, point, by the way. Yeah, fastest, yeah. Fastest um, and biggest, yeah. Yeah, 3.2 percentage points over the course of a year, the biggest increase in over four, 50 years. The previous high was in 81, up mm-hmm. 2.1, right? So, yeah. I mean, a big factor after that. And um, that is the story. That is the story going through that's going to that's that's going to go through 2023. Yeah. Um, that is just going to be a tough a tough thing to overcome. And, and as we talked about, and um, you really, really, really got this in my head and I haven't really thought much more about it, but how much, you know, we talked about the pie of what kind of transactions are. And Glenn yeah. Kelman just wrote something. Uh, he was just decided this morning about 
consolidation is happening and that pie of, of a limited number of transactions. And really there's the macro effects are the ones that are really can really, you know, put a damper on that. Oh, right? for it's not sure. like, it's not like realtors are going to call themselves cold, call themselves out of this. Um, you know, and especially if, if the macro environment can like swing the number of houses sold in a year by a million homes. I mean, that's just nuts. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Here's the, here's the crazy ass thing, right? So unless I'm mistaken, we ended 22 with about four, 4.09 million. That was in November. Right, we don't know what the December numbers are yet. That has to be reported. So be under five, you think? Pro probably. I, I way under five. Right. I'm thinking. Yeah. It's, I'm thinking we're gonna end twenty. Like twenty twenty two would have ended with probably. Let's call it four million. Okay. Twenty twenty one ended with six point one million. Well, yeah, yeah. So in other words, in one year we dropped a third of the transactions that disappeared. Okay, but you know you got to put a caveat to that. That that twenty twenty one number was a pandemic you know, not hangover, but, you know, but brought, you know, big boost, right? Because yeah. the pandemic yeah. happened in 2020, you know, that that, that hit the, the thing in, in March. We had the lull and then boom, it just started going from that point all the way through 2021 uh, skyrocket. No, I get it. But even the skyrocket, right? Think about it. So 2021 ended with like 6.1. 2020 ended, I want to say 6.5. Like 2020 was like the the skyrocket year, right? Mm -hmm. But the historical average has been around 5.5 for forever, right? right? So yeah, it's a lot, but it's it's only like a million. That's only like a 20 percent increase less than, right? So it went from 5.5 to 6.5, and then from 6.5 to went to 6.1, and then over the course of one year, we dropped by a third. We went to four. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah, I get you. Right. I, I get it. You know, like the pandemic, it drove all this crazy demand, you know, work from home, you know, great reshuffling, all that stuff. And all, you know, all the money printing, all, all these people had money. So they bought homes. I get it. But still, the transactions went from like 5.5 to 6.5. Right. And then from 6.5 to 6.1. And then over the course of a year, it didn't go to like, I think I would have been like, okay, it's more normal if it went from 6.1 to we're moderating 5.5. Right. Like, to me, that that lends to so maybe this is a conversation. Like, if twenty two had ended with say five and a half, and then maybe twenty three would be like five. That's a soft landing, right? To go from six point one to a four, right? Like, and twenty three. There's a chance. There's a possibility we end up at three million for this no year. No way. No way, dude. Dude, this absolutely a way. No. How do you figure? I mean, okay, well, first of all, I mean, I mean, here's the thing. It's like, you have been teaching me this, right? So I'm, I feel like I'm, like, I'm, I'm you know, I've been, the, the professor here is like saying some stuff and I'm like, well, okay, this is, all this stuff has to do with the pandemic, right? Because that's what caused the money. That's what caused people with the work from home and the shift and migration it's all having to still do with this kind of pandemic hangover. The interest rates going up is because we're printing money. Why are we printing money? Well, we were already printing money before, but it went on, you know, steroids yeah, once right, right. the pandemic had. So I look at everything. This is a moment in time in the country's history, in the world's history, that this thing happened, right? So um, I just, everything, so everything, all the stats we're talking about, everything else are not tied to anything other than that 
worldwide event. Whether you know, okay. let's we can't get into, you know, have we learned any lessons later on if it happens again and everything else? Probably not. But I mean, that that's what happened, right? So I don't. Okay. I I don't see you trying to find any normalcy, normalcy, or or you know, some sort of the, other than the numbers that we get. Now I will give you this. If it goes to three million, or you know, close to three million, um, that's probably it's still a hangover from what happened due to the pandemic, right? So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it's impossible, but I mean, I don't think you know when was a lot. We haven't looked at the stats. We should have did this beforehand. But when was the last time this country did you know three million? It's 2011 homes, and 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 still the other thing is, yeah, the interest rates are higher than than two point nine percent or two point five, but they're still historically low and. I know that's a, a cliche and everybody says that in the marketing materials, but it's still historically low. So, I mean, it's lower than when I bought a house, my first sure. house. So um, it's not, and there's still, and the other thing is there's still a, a supply problem. I mean, that could actually bolster your, your argument. Right. But right. Um, yeah, I just don't, I don't see, I don't see that. I mean, you know, you're just talking about what's we talked about before the four D's, right? Death, divorce, diapers, and diamonds, right? That's right. Um, that's just going to happen normal. That's right. Right? People are going to have to move for whatever reason. So I think that is that, are the four Ds, um, you know, th- does that represent 3 million homes? Does that represent 4 million homes? I, I don't know. Somebody, somebody probably has that. So let's actually talk through that because I just wrote a post about this, right? Trying to think through like a market... Because, you know, I didn't do that for my seven predictions, right? I didn't do, like, a housing market prediction. <clears throat> and I'm like, you know, I only look like an economist. I don't, I'm not actually an economist. But given the economist <laughs> track record, I'm like, I feel just fine, you know, <laughs> bullshitting myself, too. Yeah. But so I was, I was thinking about the 4D is such a great point. One of the things we're seeing, so Mike Simonson, our friend Mike Simonson from Altos yeah. Research, just and put hey, out. Hey, a big shout out, big shout out to him. He, um, he just sold his company. That's right, housing wire. The house wire. So, Mike, hey, congrats, congrats Mike. Congrats to you, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, But he he's he's been doing some some amazing work, you know, in terms of just getting some of those market stats out there. And he just did a a YouTube video, which I watched. Um, And we should think about maybe putting links to all that, you know, for those of our listeners who come on YouTube. Yeah, he's a great. Uh, It's a great follow for sure. But uh, what he talked about was that inventory levels were not what they were expected, right? In other words, the expectation was rates are rising, prices are starting to fall. You would think that people go, oh shit, let's not miss the market, right? If you wait, like home prices are gonna be even lower. So let's let's put our house on the market, let's sell it now, right? Before it goes mm-hmm. any further down. And we're just not seeing that. Right? We're just not seeing the type of inventory levels <clears throat> that we would have would expect to see, right? And so it's the four D's, like deaths, divorces, uh, diplomas, diamonds. Is that is that right? I think oh, it's diapers. Uh, There's diapers. Diapers, right? Yeah. So five D's, right? Okay. Well, dip- diplomas. Okay. All right. Diploma meaning like your kids have graduated, right? Right, right. So diapers don't matter, I don't think. In Well, maybe well, you it gotta does. you got to upgrade. You got to upgrade, right? Okay. So the issue up. becomes this. A lot, so many homeowners now are sitting on like 3% mortgage rates. If they were to sell and buy another, now you're looking at six and a half, seven percent mortgage rates. So Sunny actually and I were talking about this recently because she got some email, some, some, you know, someone from like some mortgage bank calling, hey, you know, you built up a lot of equity in your home. If you were to sell now and then upgrade, like blah blah blah, and we're looking at like, 
if we were to sell our house here in Vegas today, right, and then move into something, let's say we're going to downsize, like we're going to save yeah. some money, right? We're going to downsize, move something smaller, our monthly payments would be $1,000 more. Right. <laughs> There's no scenario where that happens. Well, right? there is a scenario. There is a scenario. If I, if you live in California <laughs> yeah. and want to okay. move to Texas or sure. okay. some other markets, that, I mean, sure. if you wanted to move to sure. Montana, or, sure. you know, or Wyoming, I'm sure you can make that math work for you, right? Sure. Geographic arbitrage, but I feel like most of the people who, who are easy, like who would have done that, have already done it during the initial 2020-2021 work-from-home well, craze. Well, again, again, you know, have already done it, but again, there's still that 4D situation where it's not that they already did it there's a re now there's a you know it's just a natural thing that happens where you have to do it so whether you wanted to do I, it or i know not but what i'm saying so like let's do things of 4ds what's interesting is okay death absolutely right like death means you're gonna sell chances are unless unless death now means one of your kids will just say you know what i'll just i'll just live there yeah i'll move in yeah, yeah. right because it's so impossible to buy Right. So that's a possibility. But for now, let's just say, okay, death results in a listing. Okay. Divorce likely results in a listing yeah. or not. Again, think about like, okay, you have a 3% mortgage rate. You know what I mean? If you were to buy something new, now you're looking at seven, it's going to double your payments, et cetera. So you get divorced. It used to be you get divorced and the couple's like, okay, fine, we're going to sell the house. We're going to split the proceeds. Right. And we'll go our own way. Going forward, I could easily see divorce meaning, okay, you know what? I'm going to keep the house. I'll pay you out. Right. Rather than selling the house and then us both going yeah, it's and just to get, it's getting which party gets the house. Which correct. We all, right. We already know. And then, right. Correct. I think that's much more likely in divorce just because of the situation now. Right. Right. But I mean, that, that means the other person still has to ha get housing. Right. So, I mean, but there, what, I know, well, I know, but the important thing is that the house is not going to get sold. Right. In other words, we're not going to yeah, see but inventory. I mean, you're talking about, you know, these are blips on the, you know, the the kind of radar here, right? Of, what do you I mean, mean blips on the radar? Well, I mean. Okay, so deaths. So I'll, I'll, all I'm saying is deaths. Okay. I'm, I'm going to grant deaths will result in a listing. I'm just trying to think of the Ds that will result in a listing, right, in inventory. I actually think divorce is not going to result in inventory. You know what? I, everything, everybody tells me, you know why, you know, divorce is so expensive? Why? Because it's worth it. Okay, so uh, sure, you know, sure. So I think anybody in that situation, yeah, sure. it sucks. I'm going to lose a lot of money, but God, damn sure. it, I want this person out of my life. Right? That's right. That's right. And all I'm saying is like, so when I got divorced in 2011, yeah, guess what? It created a listing, right? Because we had to sell the family home, and then I took mine, and then she took hers, and then she went and bought her next thing. I'm saying going forward, it's like today, if it were to happen in 2023. It's like she'll keep the home. She'll pay me out, you know, whatever our lawyers negotiate as being my share of it, and then I'll go try and buy a home. But I mean, I'm saying know, it doesn't create a list. Say, that that's saying that she would have enough money to buy you out. She might have to go get a loan, and that's going to be, you know, another mortgage, which is going to be at the at the new interest rate. Or I, you know, who knows how it's going to play out. All I'm saying is now the the incentive to keep the house. Is super yeah, overall strong. totally absolutely super overall strong. totally right. not just so divorce, I think, but everybody yeah. right so I think divorce is not likely to create a listing or as as many listings right okay uh, diplomas I think will not create listings because it used to be 
the empty nesters. Like, hey, we have this uh, four-bedroom house. We raised three kids, right? And the last of them graduated high school and went off, right? Now they're in college. Now it's just the two of us in this big-ass house. Let's sell it. Let's downgrade to a, a, something more modest that works for us, right? Promise, I don't think that's going to happen now. Because now that couple's going to be sitting there like, well, if we were to sell this beautiful family home and move into a two-bedroom condo, our payments go up. Yeah. That makes zero sense, yeah. right? And, and here's here's the other thing is a lot of times uh, Junior, who just graduated, you know, is coming back home anyway. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, which is, which is something that, you know, this, which Glenn Kelman had said in his article where, you know, it's just, it's a, a roommate nation or, you know, people aren't leaving, you know, people right. aren't leaving right. their, their mom's house or their parents' house as, right. as, as soon as they used to. Right. So I don't think diplomas create listings the way it used to, right? Okay, what about diapers? Hey, we had a baby. We need to upgrade. Thing is, if you sell your house and you buy a bigger house, now your monthly payments have just gone absolutely insane through the roof. It's likely cheaper for, to think about going and getting a home equity line of credit and adding a room to your current house, Yeah. right? No, I mean, overall, I mean, I mean, what you're getting to is that, I mean, not just the four D's, but overall, you know, that the fact that a lot of people are in a, you know, a, a with a good interest rate, it's just going to keep right pressure down on people moving. The mo mobility right. percentage is going to go down, right? Mobility right, that, will go down. And I think. I think basically fundamentally, I'm saying I could really see for existing homes, the the pressure to sell is going to uh, incentive to sell is it's like I can't think of it being lower, right? Right. So you literally have to be in some bizarre situation. Again, you died. The kids don't want your house. They live too far away. So you're gonna. It's an estate sale. Uh, you know, uh, it's a divorce, and the house is so big that neither party really wants it. They're like. It's going to have to be some bizarre situation is what I'm getting at. So the inventory from existing homes, I think, will be – we're going to go through like even greater crisis than we did in 2021. Remember, like even before the pandemic, every, all the agents, all the brokers were bitching about inventory. We don't have an inventory. We don't have inventory, right? Nobody wants to sell. And this is when homes were like selling at a huge premium and you could like sell your house and you know upgrade for 3%. Yeah. You know? Now, like what's the incentive to sell, right? And you know what's interesting? Sunny raised this point in a recent conversation we're having. It's like, if you're a real estate agent, if you're a listing agent, right? In like, can you recommend to your seller to sell in good conscience? Like, what's a scenario where if you are doing a fiduciary duty, right, and telling the homeowner what's in their best interest, what's a scenario where they would say you should sell your house? Yeah, right? it's really tough. Now, I mean. Uh, you know, listen, fiduciary responsibility. I mean, there are things that, um, I mean, I've been in situations where I paid higher than I should have because of a circumstance, right? Doesn't mean that the person advised me on that was like not falling, you know, you know, of I course. was moving from, I was moving from Florida to back to California. Of course. And, and, you know, it was right in the whole, you know, 2009 ish, right. 2010. And, you know, I would, I was going to have to, you know, pay, pay yeah. $9,000 yeah. to get out of it. Yeah. I mean, and I, but I wanted to get back to California. The agent wasn't, you know, uh, 
not not following their fiduciary responsibility by doing that transaction. No, it's just course. what had to happen, right? So of I mean, course. No, there are course. events that are gonna that, that are, you know they're gonna have to that happen that they have to assist them in. So of course, all I'm saying is like fiduciary responsibility means what's what's whatever's in your principal's best interest. So if the principal's best interest is, hey, you know what, uh, I I need to sell, right? Be, you know, then of course you do that. All I'm saying is. What's the scenario where you would recommend, hey, you should sell your house, right? Let's put it this way. I think it's really difficult to imagine a scenario where a listing agent could, could with a straight face, go to a homeowner and say, you should sell your house and upgrade. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, if the homeowner's like, no, no, I don't, care. I don't care that I'm paying more. I don't care because we've had it. I need to sell this and I'm, I'm willing to pay a lot more at a much higher rate to move into something more like, okay, no, cool. I get that. Right. Or I think most of those go, people, you know, they're going to, with the appreciations that has it been, you know what, here's what I'm going to do. I, I, I have a million dollars equity in this house. Yep. I'm, I'm 60. Yep. I'm going to cash this fucking thing out and I'm going to move to a condo and rent. That, that scenario works. Correct. Right. Yeah. There's, there's some scenarios that, you know, beyond, the uh, geographic kind of stuff you talked about that can work. But I mean, it's, uh, but your point it's, is taken. Yeah. Your point is the pool is much smaller, way smaller. And there's a, still a shit ton of agents, Correct. Uh, you know, 1.5, 1.6. Correct. Correct. And then it doesn't look like the feds going to stop. Correct. And, and with that thing, which is going to affect, even though they say it doesn't affect, it's going to affect the inflation is going to affect the interest rates. Right. So not only that, but there was something, I mean, uh, it's a perfect storm basically, right? Perfect storm. And there was something that, uh, one of my favorite analysts, uh, his name is Eric, uh, Basmagian, I think his name from a company called EPB macro research. They do phenomenal work and he focuses a lot on housing. So he's like, I'm a housing economist as well. And he, he pointed something on a recent, uh, video that I was like, wow, I didn't realize. So obviously mortgage rates are based on the 10 year treasury, right? Um, but the spread, in other words, the rate of a 30 year mortgage and the 10 year uh, treasury has never been this, or it hasn't been this broad, this wide for like 40 years or something like that, right? So what the implications, like why would that be, right? Why would mortgage rates be so much higher in spread to the treasury? The implication is that a lot of the lenders are thinking there's a default risk. In other words, treasuries in theory is like perfectly safe. Like the United States was never going to default, right? So that's a risk-free rate that I can right. get. With mortgages, it used to be, sure, there's risk, but it's very, very small, right? People are going to default on a lot of other stuff before they default on their mortgage. Well, right. GFC kind of threw that, um, uh, you know. A little bit. But little the other bit. thing that, I mean, right, the but GFC, the other thing, man. yeah, but the other thing is unemployment. In other words, it used to be, you know, like, look, uh, if what's the chance of you losing your job? It was way lower, right? Like, it could always happen. Like, it's always a risk, right? The implication of this spread is that a lot of the lenders, a lot of the finance guys are saying the economy's going to go into the tank. And a lot of these good people, Right. <clears throat> they're trying to do the right thing. They're not going to be able to because they're laid off or the company's gone bankrupt or what have you. Right. Which is why the spread is so much higher. Yeah. Then right. the other thing, though, is that from what I hear is that, that at, you know, at any point in history, there's there hasn't been a time where people have had more equity in their homes than they, they do now. Sure. The appreciation, and everything else. So sure. there's that. And I think debt is lower. 
than it has been in a while, right? I don't know um, if that's true, but okay, let's let's say yeah. that is okay. Okay. Um, but so, what, that mean, doesn't create any incentive to sell. No, no, no. But I mean, I'm I'm just saying this whole thing of like you're, you're saying people are going to start defaulting. I mean, if you have equity in your home, there are ways that you can kind of rejigger that. Um, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. Say, no, no, yeah. you're you're misapplying. I'm saying new borrower. Oh, okay, yeah, right. Well, first okay, time so, home buyer. Yeah. So you're 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 all. This is all, and I I get where you're going here. This is where you're getting like you know three million homes. Right. Right. Be a possibility. It's not. It's not out of the question. Right. Because of this perfect storm. So you have the existing homeowners saying, I have no incentive to sell. So like no matter what buyers may exist, there's very little to buy. From the buyer standpoint, rates are so high. My job prospects are, you know, whatever. It's it's risky. The banks are like, hey, if we're going to loan you money, it's going to be at 8%, whatever it is. Right. Now you're priced out of markets. And even if you did want to buy a home, you go look at homes that you could afford on the loans you qualify for. Like, I don't want to live here. Right. Yeah. I, I don't want to live here. And most people aren't going from renters to buyers just for the hell of it, right? They're doing it because of the Ds, right? Hey, we just had a baby. We need right. to move out of this two-bedroom apartment. Right. And it's like, yeah, but now with the changes in rates and whatever else, the home we can afford is this like double wide. Right. In a crime-ridden neighborhood. We don't want to do that. We'll just keep renting. So all of these perfect storm type things suggest like, yeah, it, it, dude, let's put it this way. If at the beginning of last year, January of 22, Fed says, hey, we're going to raise rates. If you had told me then that in January of 23, right now, we're going to be talking about potentially 3 million homes sold in 2023, I would have been like, you're crazy. You're smoking crack, right? Now I'm looking at like, dude, 2022 ended with 4 million. It's not, I hope it doesn't happen. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying it's not That's, inconceivable. I mean that we get to 3 million this year. I, I think, I think, you know, I think January sales, I mean, cause you know, Q4 was whatever. Yeah. I mean, if exactly. this, if, you know, I think we look at the end of January and we see if we're, you know, how that is. Um, I don't think it's January. It's typically March, right? In other words, the spring season doesn't really begin but until April. But if you April. have to sell, think about that though, Rob, if you're going to sell a million less than last year, right? You're talking about 250,000 homes less each uh, each quarter, right? Quarter, yeah. Right. So, I mean, you know, if you looked at that, you know, you're going to find out, like, you know, what are those January's numbers? Are they are they tracking mm -hmm. to that a third of, of, of 250? Mm -hmm. um, I think, you, you know, you can look at January and say, if, it, if it's, like, right on for four, right on for five, you know, to make up that difference to really, I mean, if you go in the spring season, that's when typically thing goes historically right. up. So you right. need these other times for it to go really down to really kind of show you that, show you that indication. So I right. think we'll know more here at the end of January into February, whether or not that, right. if it's tracking that way, right. it's we'll going have an to go idea. up in the spring. Yeah. yeah. We'll have an idea. All I'm saying is like, we, we know that the winter, you know, and then January, February typically is, is slow. We know that cyclically, but by sort of February, March, when people start getting ready for the spring season, I think we're going to know a lot by, listings in March, right? In other words, number of listings, number of listings, right? In other words, if this whole theory about sellers and their incentive, if we are seeing, let's say listings at 50% below 22 levels, oh yeah, then we're in trouble. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, that, that oh yeah, be, that would be crazy, but correct. Yeah. You know, so we'll, we'll find out. All I'm saying is like the four D's, the five D's, 
I get it. And this is be eternal. And those things will always be eternal because it's by human nature, right? I mean, death, like we're all yeah. going to die. Divorce that happens, diplomas, like it's all about just human life cycle. And I'm like, yeah, those are going to still play, stay in place no matter what happens. Like people are going to get married. They're going to have babies. They're going to get divorced. Like they're going to die. All those things are going to happen. It's just that the, the peculiarity of, of what's happened says to me like the incentive to sell is at the lowest point ever and the ability to buy is getting worse and worse and worse so we you know, could see that you know what i like to do is like you know get a slack channel going or or, or just a, a site where let's take the number of um yeah, this would be great. So okay. follow me on this one, bro. Okay. Uh, maybe somebody knows how to set this up. We could yeah, do this. Pull, pull your mic closer, by the way. Oh, sorry. Um, and you know, you know, forget, like you know, not a fantasy football, but you know, where we we have four criteria. Okay, what by the end of twenty twenty three, what are the number of homes going to be sold? Right. Mm. Total. Mm. Um, what are the what is the interest rates going to be? Yeah. Right. Um, uh, what is uh, what's another factor? Um, that we always talk about. Uh, what's the inflation rate going to be? Mm -hmm. Right. And what else has to do with real estate? You know, are we in a buyer's or seller's market? Right. Have those four things and have everybody kind of like, uh, I guess we'd have to get more num numerical, but, um, and just do wagers like some death, so, you know, death pool or something. Right. And like, so, so I was so just we thinking get, man, we a lot of industry guys to go and yeah. in a couple hundred dollars. And at the end, yeah. like, you know, we see what happens. Right. I was actually just thinking, <laughs> uh, it's not legal in the U S but I know in Europe, like UK has these prop bets sites right. where you can bet on like weird things like election outcomes. And yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a bet right now. Like who, who's going to be the speaker of the house, you know, right. those types of bets. Well, I they, bet we could go and make it set that up. Well, I mean, the thing is here, it's just like, I mean, you could just have a site that does this and yeah. then everybody settles through Venmo, right? I mean, it doesn't have to kind of, you just have it's to illegal. go there. Everybody put, no, everybody could put, you know, I can make a site that says, you know, hey, here's a poll I want to take. Are you? I'm just saying it's illegal. Think, <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to the wrong guy here, I guess. I mean, no, it's a great idea. I would love to do it. I'm just saying, under U.S. law, as a, a as a, if an American company does it, it's illegal. Yeah, don't we <laughs> have know? like a, we have a you and I have a steak dinner bet, but I for, I've already forgotten what the bet is about. <laughs> uh, it was an iBuyer. Uh, I'm definitely gonna lose that. It was by oh. 2024, I think. So I'm definitely losing oh, yeah. that. I'm was, happy yeah, to buy steak for my friends. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> but then again, when I made the bet, I didn't count on the Fed doing what it's like. <laughs> you know, I was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> None of those things. Um, so yeah, I you know, so I just wrote this post, um, and I thought, you know what, just for shits and giggles, I want to share this with you and see, get your thoughts on it. Uh, so obviously, if you're just listening on on uh, podcast audio, you know, this might be a time where you head on over to YouTube and come check us out, so you could see this chart that I'm showing Greg here. So this is one of the things I started doing, right? Now, and here's what's interesting. Like this, this is Case Schiller, right? Case Schiller versus the United States M2 money supply, right? Because you know my theory is that home yeah, prices yeah, yeah. never went up. It's all about the dollar being devalued. So what's interesting is 2022, and again the data is incomplete. Like just it's through October, so we don't have November and December numbers. But you know, through uh, October, the money supply actually went down, right? 
It actually oh. went down by, by about two and a half percent. So that's this yellow line here. The blue line is home prices, and you like that's yeah, one of the things I'm steeper. seeing. Correct, it's way steeper. So home prices fell off a you know off a cliff, and the money supply just went down. Obviously, the implication is because of rates went up so dramatically high. Right, you control the money supply through rates. Okay, Fed raised rates really, really fast. Mortgage rates spiked, so you know home prices went plummeted. So the question is, and this is the thought experiment I was doing, is if I'm right that the home prices track money supply, we should actually see this number right get to about here, the four percent down in, by the end of 23s, right? which implies that home prices should actually climb up a little bit from where they were in October. If on the other hand, it follows that same trend, we're gonna be down 22%. <laughs> right. <laughs> which brings us to going. like- Well, that's right. the 20, oh, 2023, yeah, you're right. right. Okay, so, uh, so that's that's the implication. It's, I My bet is that it's gonna do this, right? My bet is that I think home prices will end down about 4%. In other words, it'll sort of flatten out because the money supply, it'll so follow that, the that'll be, trend. according to your chart here, that'll be beginning of 2022 is where it ends up. Uh, beginning, no, it'll end no, up. No, sorry, that went up 4%, sorry. Yeah, no. it'll yeah, end okay. up, yeah, kind of like around, you know, March of 22 levels. Right. Right. So it's permanently higher. It's On the other hand, there's an idea where it could be 22% down. And the issue is this, I don't think transaction numbers are impacted by this. So we could still see 3 million transactions. The question is at what price, All right? So if you have 3 million transactions at 20% below the well, peak, you'll never... that's a disaster, right? Well, that's no, a, but, that's but, an but economic crisis. Th that's right. But this is really tied to, to, to money because you're saying less transactions at more money apiece. That doesn't right. make sense. So this, this is going to be affected by... Uh, if it's three million, this thing is going to drop off a cliff because you're not going to get more money from less transactions, right? So but I'm saying you can though because then you're the then you're down your 21 percent, right? Your 22 percent. No, not at all. In other words, if supply is low enough, then prices won't be suppressed as much. Right, but I mean, you're talking right. a factor of a million from you know four to three. I mean, ugh, it's a lot. Right, but that implies so if it's if it's not because buyers, in other words. What everyone's thinking, what everyone's expecting right now is the last major housing collapse we had was the bubble, right? Where people had to sell because they were getting foreclosed on, right? I don't see that happening this time around. No. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't see it. So what, what we're then saying is the people who are putting their house on the market are doing it because they have to, right? you know, for all the reasons we discussed. Well, if you have to put it on the market, <clears throat> then are you willing to take whatever lowball offer? Probably not. You know, you know the supply is low, and the question is going to be: Are there buyers? And of course, the answer is there are going to be some buyers. At least there'll be investor buyers, right? Once prices get low enough, they'll be like, okay, yeah, I'll buy it at that because I know I'm going to cash flow out of that, right? So we'll see. And I know, and a caveat, because I see this every time housing market comes up, some realtors going to talk about national housing stats are completely useless, real estate's local, local market, local. Yes, all true. And none of this may apply in your local market. Who the hell knows? We know if like Phoenix is just getting hammered right yeah, now. Yeah. You know, we know 
Other markets Boise. are doing just fine. So we get it. I'm just saying at a national level here at the trends, Okay, so right? I, know, I know, you know, in your Rob Hahn way, you're saying that there is a scenario where the number of houses sold in 2023 is, three, you know, around 3 million. Yeah. What would you is. say, though? I mean, there, you know, you have that. There is that scenario. But what do you, if you're going to predict, let's say, here's another steak bit, dinner bet, right? So. Okay. What what do you think the number of homes being sold in two thousand? I mean, you said I, you said there's a possibility it could go to three, but what do you think in your gut? What would be your steak dinner bet on this? Are we doing like an over under? Yeah, sure. Give me the number. Give me the give me the number. I'll I'll tell you. Well, no, let's no, I, maybe not an over under. You you give me a you. Uh, you but then how do I how do I win the bet? Right. Let's. Well, I would say. I would say, I would say four and a half. Four and a half million for 2023? Yes. I'll take the under. Okay. I will yeah. take the over. Okay. So there's our, there's our steak dinner bet. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. And we have, we have documented this. So. Oh, All right. You know, Very cool. Now, man. here's the thing, man. That that would be a bet that I'm happy to lose. Yeah. Right. Well, that's what Again. I'm saying. I mean, right. you were saying three, and I know that you know you were saying there's a scenario there, but you know, right. uh, none of us want that that shit to happen, right? No, so, none of uh, yeah. all of us would want it to be six. And there, yeah. here's the thing, and here's the interesting thing. There's a scenario where the number is like six and a half, right? And that scenario is a Fed pivot. Yeah. That scenario is where the there's Fed no signs. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's going to pivot. Yeah. Zero. Zero. Everything coming out of the Fed is like, we're not pivoting. We're sticking with this. We need to kill inflation. Right. Yeah. But there is a scenario where the Fed pivots. Yeah. The, 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 the story to me is like, if the jobs numbers are strong, I think, I think is it the CPT comes in and sl inflation is still up. I think they might, there's a chance they might go back to 75 basis points. There's a chance. And, and, and then we're fucked. <laughs> however, however, let me give you a scenario where there could be a Fed pivot. Okay. What happens if Congress refused to raise the debt ceiling? Yeah, that's always a threat that never happens. It's a hollow that that you're talking about. That wouldn't happen until um, September of this year, right? That's an, that that was to be the next time that they start running out, or October. I forget. Just saying, you know. Yeah. Then well, that's that's why you're on this podcast, Rob, to bring those things up. <laughs> <laughs> So look, I, like I said, so we did the four and a half. I hope I lose. I hope the number is actually like five. Yeah, you know? I think it's be closer to five myself. Yeah. That would be really, really nice. That would be great for the industry. That would be great for, you know, like that would be awesome. I, you know, I think the harder, more difficult line would have been three and a half. Yeah. I don't yeah. know where I go on that. But thank you for saying four and a half so I could easily take the under. Boy, we uh, we probably bored the shit out of like everybody listening, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got. I mean, this is our first one of the year. Um, yeah. We'll probably have an Inman preview the week before Inman. Um, yep. And uh, maybe working maybe, on a special know, guest. Working on. Special I'm working guest. on a special guest because uh, I want to get a real economist on. I have a couple questions that you know. Okay. That I would love instead to. Of, instead of us amateurs, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. Okay, well, I'm, you know. I don't know which I don't know who you're talking about, but we'll see what happens. It's it's hard to find the right economist. The problem, right? Because so let let me pose this question, and we'll 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 end on this question. 
right? Which is what I'm trying to work on. Okay. And the question is this. <clears throat> If the petrodollar system collapses, oh God, here we go again. What happens to U.S. housing? Okay, all right, yeah, I, yeah, gold for. I can't answer that question, right? I, I you can't, can't answer that question. I can't even understand the question. So yeah. So which is why we need an economist to come on and help us think through. Again, not that it's going to happen, but if it does, then what does that do to housing? That's the question. Right. So if anyone listening has ideas around that, please let us know. I would love to know, you know, if we should invite you on or if you know somebody we should invite on who's like an expert in this type of analysis. Yeah. You know? <laughs> fringe, baby, fringe. <laughs> uh, hey, man, it's great to see you. And, you too, uh, man. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thanks to all of our listeners. We're looking forward to an amazing 2023. And we uh, are looking for a new sponsor. Um, we had, you know, great rent spree uh, brought yep. us out through the end of the year, but we are now looking actively for an, another sponsor. And if you think that you would like to uh, join us and our beautiful audience, our beautiful, smart people that That's listen right. to the podcast, um, I think uh, reach out to, to, to me if you can, and we'll get you suited up for the next uh, episode. Thank you. Sounds great. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next time.